Welcome to Elements of Styles, the business podcast that trades in scarce thinking for community, conversation, and ideas in abundance. Each week, I, Mark Styles, sit with professionals and entrepreneurs, both local and global, and learn how they each add value to their communities, their partners, and their teams. Please enjoy. Hey, welcome back to Elements of Styles. Today, we're going to collaborate with The Dr. Joe Show, of which I'm a co-host. This was an amazing episode, and I really wanted to share it with you in case you hadn't already heard it. Please enjoy. Hello, everyone. Hello. Hello. Nice Nice Uh, to meet you. Nice to meet you all as well. So uh, fair warning, I'm not 100% sure if if my agent made this 100% clear to you all or not. Uh, I'm currently in the middle of a marathon stream. Um, So this is being live streamed on my channel as well. Hello, everybody. Um, um, but yeah, I've been I've been streaming now for nearly seventy-seven straight hours. Jesus oh my Christ! Goodness. I thought it was just the last day. <laughs> wait, 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 wait! Seventy-seven wow. hours. Seventy-seven with, hours with no sleep. Well, I, I've been I've been sleeping at nights. Uh, I have a, you can see the air mattress behind me. This is my yes. my stream office. Every every night, uh, I turn on what's called Media Share, and then people can uh, donate money to just basically play any YouTube video they want. And then while I'm sleeping, they just entertain themselves. <laughs> uh, it's, uh, it's very, very wild. It's, it's uh, you know, this is, this is the kind of stuff that, that wasn't even possible, I don't think, like, you know, five to 10 years ago. But now this is the, the reality of what it's like as a live streamer. This is the kind of stuff people do sometimes. I mean, granted, this is not an everyday thing. This is a very, very special occasion, but. Uh, oh. But it's yeah. not an everyday thing. It's it's a seventy-seven hour thing. It's multiple days. <laughs> multiple multiple day, day thing. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me. So it's a subathon. Subathon. That's that's what it's called. Yes. It's a it's a thing. I'm not hundred percent sure how recent this sort of thing has been done, uh, but there was a, an extremely popular streamer in the recent past who did this, and he, you know, I mean he made tr- and like endless trunks of money doing this. So this is just like a, a thing that's caught on. It's kind of trickled down through the Twitch ecosystem now. And that's mm-hmm. so every now and then people just do these sorts of crazy marathons. And the idea is you'll continue to play 90 seconds for every person that subscribes. That is, that is the idea. Yes. 90 seconds added onto the clock. Um, wow. So the original length of this stream was eight hours and uh, my community has really come in the clutch here. So massive shout outs to them. Wow. Do you resent them just a little bit? <laughs> never. Never once never? in my life. <laughs> no, it's uh it's always funny, you know, the the idea of of just like what I'm doing and and how I have to do all this. It definitely, you know, on the one hand, they give me a lot of love by enabling me to do these sorts of ridiculous things, but on the other hand, they always love uh trolling me at the same time whenever possible. So, we have a we have a really strong love-hate relationship here. <laughs> Yeah, I dipped in once or twice. Uh, I'm Fartingo, by the way, if you ever saw my name. Oh, my goodness. Okay, I'm, I would have to double check. It's hard to keep up with all the, the names that always pop through, but I'm sure I've at least seen your name scroll through. This is, this is great. So, wait, before I go on, Tom, Fartingo? <laughs> yeah, let's, let's, rewind, let's rewind the tape there. What was that? Yeah, so uh, that's what I love about like gaming handles is that there's always some very interesting and sometimes just stupid story. Uh, So I was playing this game called Crash Bandicoot Warped. This was back in 2000. And me and my brother were, you you name the save file 
when you save the game, save your progress. So uh, we noticed, you know, I put fart because that's funny, right? And my Always. older brother was like, no, let's step this up a bit. You have spaces left, farting. <laughs> There's one space okay. left, though. You have to make a count. There you go. Fartingo. And the character Fartingo was born. I doodled it. He looked like a little half elephant man. His catchphrase was, I fart on your friends. And okay. that's just been that's just been my go-to uh, handle for everything. Your go-to anal or handle, did you say? <laughs> yeah. uh, does the name Freud ring a penis? Uh, 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 my, uh, oh, my, my gosh. My we handle. really are not live on WATD tonight. This is so much yeah. fun. So, so fart and go. Fart so and go. Fartingo. Okay, so, so fartingo. Hold on. So your stream, your community is now watching us right now. Yes, it is. This is. If, if you guys don't mind, this is. This I love it. Zoom calls right here on my stream. So Where? what are they saying? Are they like, who the fuck are these people, and why are they on our screen? Uh, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for having us here, uh, Zem92, and all of your fan base. Uh, we really appreciate it. And we are now going to perhaps explore for your fan base, maybe things about Zem92 that they have never explored, but would like to know. I'm, okay. I'm just curious, how, how, how much do people know about you and, and uh, how do you share who you are? Um, well, unfortunately, I've definitely leaked my pretty much all of my personal info at this point, including my address, even as recently as this stream. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it just kind of i'm gonna be real with you guys I, i'm i'm usually a pretty open book about a lot of the private stuff in my life um i i think the the one story that tends to uh unite my chat in solidarity is the 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 story i even put this up on my youtube of, of when i was 12 years old and i crapped my pants in a walmart uh so you know i really don't hold back when it comes to my stream i i, I kind of just <laughs> let them have was that a pun uh, that you don't that you don't hold back you know, I, no, that it's. I appreciate you giving me that much credit. <laughs> You're welcome. So, so it's a. It's it actually takes fart and go to a whole nother level, really, doesn't it? Yes. He's the, he's the professional. He's the professional. <laughs> yeah, well, Thomas is the creator. I'm I'm the master. <laughs> got it. Got it. Were you, so, so were you were you making your way towards the bathroom, or were you like, I'm not going the bathroom here? It was as uh, as innocuous as me. My, so my, when I was, I was 12, my dad would take me to Walmart because that's what you do in Backwoods, Pennsylvania. You just go yeah. to Walmart sometimes. Um, and I, would make my, I was making my way to the electronics section and he was off to doing, I don't know, shopping or whatever adults do at Walmart. Um, and uh, so I'm walking down and I, I get about three quarters of the way to the electronics section. And, uh, you know, I start to feel something building up and I'm just like, you know, all right, I'll just let out some, I'll just pass some gas. And then I, I felt suspiciously good afterwards, <laughs> like way too good. And then I looked down and unfortunately it was, you know, a bit messy at that point. So wow. it was the heralding trumpet. Yes. Yeah. I feel really, really bad for the employee who basically saw the whole thing happen, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, that's maybe a story for another time. <laughs> The employee, I think, um, yeah, they, it's PTSD. Uh, yeah, it's probably what they, you know. Yeah, probably. Post post traumatic stool disorder. Yes. So, so how are you doing in the game right now? Is it is it not going as well? Like, are you able to multitask? Talk to us. Look at your feed. Play the game. 
Well, you guys are the center of my attention right now. I'm, I've, uh, I just started playing, uh, there's a game called Persona 5. I, I just, uh, my, my chat basically convinced me. They, they, well, convince is a, is a word to say. They basically yelled at me to play these games. Okay. Uh, so, and I had nothing else to do because what the hell else? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm just, I think I'm realizing. Oh, sorry. I thought my mic was uh, rotated the wrong way. Uh, after 77 hours, uh, I'm kind of pressed for content anyway. So, yeah, I was willing to bite. That's pretty fun so far. So <laughs> I'm going to probably keep going after we're done with this. Well, Persona 5, you need, you're going to be there another 200 hours, aren't you? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, at least in theory. I, I appreciate you fixing your mic because everything you were saying was backwards. It was like really weird to hear. <laughs> it's like <laughs> so, yeah. so what's Persona 5? What's the game? Uh, well, I haven't gotten far enough to really be able to explain it. Uh, it seems to just be a, a, uh, a Japanese uh, role-playing game. So JRPG is the genre. Um, where I currently I'm playing as a character that he has, the name hasn't been introduced yet, but I know that the character's name is Joker. Um, and so I'm playing as Joker right now. I'm making my way through the daily life of a Japanese student. And, uh, apparently at some point, something is supposed to happen. Hmm. So that's about all I know thus far. So, so how did you get into this, this, this genre of speed running? So speedrunning is something that I kind of stumbled upon. Um, and I feel like that's how it is for nearly everybody who gets into it. And I don't know anybody who goes into speedrunning like, you know, I, I think when you're a kid or like growing up when you're playing games all the time, you think, huh, I wonder how fast I could, like you beat it once to your favorite game. You want to play it over and over. You're like, how fast could I beat this? But you never really like look into it all that much, or at least when I was growing up, because, uh, you know, I, I was that was like the era of dial up. I couldn't even connect to the internet, let alone research this kind of stuff. Hmm. Um, but essentially the first time I ever ran into a speed run was in 10th grade piano class, weirdly enough. Um, so or I think I, I might've been a senior at that point. The details aren't that important, but uh, I was essentially, you know, the, the teacher would kind of just let us loose and, and play our, our music. And then when we played her our examples, we basically just had free time to do whatever we wanted because I don't know, what else is she going to do? Um, and so I would normally just surf the web. And uh, there's a website that, that was very popular back in the day. I don't know how popular it is these days, but it's called eBombs World. Um, and there's pretty much videos of everything on there. And I remember I was just on eBombs World and I randomly saw a speed run of Super Mario Brothers 3. And I was just like, all right, this is, you know, this kind of piques my curiosity. Uh, and so I watched it and I was completely blown away by it. And I was just like, I don't know what this whole thing is, but I want to do this. Uh, it was something that I just immediately fell in love with. And I didn't really actively pursue it until I had already graduated from college. Um, so, you know, I, I was kind of, I, I got a degree in opera singing. That's, that was my original career path. And, uh, when you're 21 and you enter the, the real world, there's not really a whole lot of job opportunities for a young opera singer. So I was just kind of working dead end jobs, you know, just, uh, you know, I, I worked at a bagel shop, I worked at a record store. And so like, I had a whole bunch of free time to myself. And so I was like, you know, I, I've always been curious about this whole speed or anything. I, I guess I'm just going to try it. And uh, I picked the specifically the Ratchet and Clank series at the time, because there were games I always loved as a kid. 
Um, but also in my research, I realized there weren't that many active runners. And so I, I always wanted to be the best at, at a game. I was like, okay, I want to, I'm, I'm going to pick this because no one else is running it. I can get world records super easily and I can be the best or whatever. And, uh, you know, I found a really small community of people who actually were running the games and, and we started collaborating and working together. And, and, uh, I very quickly realized that it's not as easy as just playing a game that, you know, super well, you have to actually put in a lot of hard work. Um, and you know, I, I spent roughly six months just being total ass at these games. Uh, but you know, you, it's with, with speed running, it's like, you can very clearly see your progress because anytime you get that much better, you overcome the hurdle and you lower your, your personal best. It's like, you know, it's like, like sprinters or whatever, like, you know, how good you are. Um, and so, you know, I just kept crawling forward and forward, uh, all throughout these months. And then. Uh, roughly six months after I, I uh, started seriously speedrunning, like a few times a week, I finally managed to get world record in the game that I was playing. Oh. And, um, you know, to an audience of maybe five viewers maximum, and these were all just like the people that I met in collaboration with these, with these strategies. Um, but then over time, you know, you keep grinding away and, and I'm not going to lie, there's a lot of luck involved as well. I, I'm not, I would never try to claim that, you know, I'm self-made and, and, uh, you know, it was strictly just my hard work. I got very lucky and, and, uh, people kept finding my channel and, um, eventually I was able to get a run into awesome games done quick, which is probably the most mainstream thing in speed running. Um, it's a twice annual event. And, uh, basically I went, when I got accepted, I went from being a streamer with only 20 average viewers to a streamer with 70, 75 average viewers. Um, and I've just been building and building and building from there. I think, you know, throughout pretty much this whole marathon, it's been fluctuating somewhere between uh, like six, six, six to 650 viewers at its, at its highest. And then like at its lowest, somewhere around like 300, I think. Mm. So even, even when I'm here on, asleep on my bed, there's still, you know, 300 people uh, loving up on my content. And I just, I really appreciate them so much, but it's, it's been a long and arduous road to get there for sure. It's wow. such a hard game series to speed run in just that, I love taking my time in Ratchet and Clank. So for people who don't know, Ratchet and Clank is like one of the perfect games if you have autism. I, it's, you have, uh, it's like, it's like a goofy cartoony kind of game where you're a little man, a, a lombax, just like a, a cat person, it's sci-fi. And you get all these crazy weapons and the weapons level up as you use them. So you'll go through a world multiple times just to level up the weapons enough so that you can never use them again through the playthrough and focus on the next weapons. But to beat the game in like two hours or fewer, it's just, it's just, it just flies against my instincts when it comes to playing Ratchet and Clank. And it's impressive. Yeah. I think that's really the magic of, of speedrunning in general is like, you know, these games, when you play them for the first time, they, they, especially when you're, you know, you're watching all this, the cutscenes, you want to explore the world, you know, in the Ratchet game specifically, it can take, you know, 10 to 20 hours to beat them one time through. And uh, like, for example, the, the, the game that I originally started playing, Ratchet & Clank 3, the world record now is less than 28 minutes. Mm. So, you know, you just, you, we take this game and we just, we just break it wide open. And, and we're just, you know, we skip planets that people had no idea. We do movement tech that people didn't even think was possible. And, uh, you know, it's, it's like, I really do think that that's like the pure essence of speedrunning. It's just like the the 
idea of taking something and just redistributing it to people in a way that's totally unique. Like there's just no other thing in this world that's like speed running. So, so how do you discover these? How would you even call them? They're not like workarounds. I mean, what do you call these? These short, they're not shortcuts even because they're so creative. So how do you discover these things? We, well, there's, and there's tons of different ways to describe them as well. You know, there's, there's like glitches, there's, there's movement technology. Sorry, there's like a fly flying, uh, fly flying around my room right now. You'll have to nope. forgive me. Nope. Zam, um, Zam anyway. there, there actually isn't a fly <laughs> there. This is 77 hours of, of, oh, no, go on, go on, sorry. Just... <laughs> what is happening? I appreciate your sense of humor. I appreciate your, your going with this. Well, you have, so a, you you have saying, a doctor here just in case. Right, <laughs> I, that's well, right. I certainly probably just, needed at this point. So you Dr. Joe, you just jubated him. Yes, uh, that, that's the term, jubated. Jubated, what is that? Uh, it's, it comes from, there's a man named Alex Jubaley. Uh, He's a very famous figure in the fighting game community, the fighting game world. Uh, and he has an emote uh, that you can use on the website where it's like him looking really smug and it's like, you use that when you've tricked somebody. So that's debating somebody. Uh, got it. Let's go back to the glitch wow. uh, <laughs> idea here. Cause I'm really fascinated by this. Sure. Take a, a game that, that takes Tom hours and hours, 28, 22 minutes. I mean, tell me more. Um, so there's, you know, there's tons of different terminologies that we use. There's glitches, there's manipulations, there's out of bounds, there's, you know, this, that, or the other thing. But essentially what it all boils down to is uh, the backbone of speedrunning is off of the creative minds of the people who want to find these things. Um, and they, they're kind of like the unsung heroes because they do a lot of the hard work and get very little of the credit. Um, but oftentimes it's, it's, it's really as simple as the curiosity of just saying, you know, I know how you're supposed to do this. I wonder if there's another way. And it's, it's almost, you know, in a lot of ways, like the scientific method where they hypothesize like, okay, so if I were to do this thing, maybe this thing would happen. And, and so they just kind of keep experimenting over and over. And, uh, you know, the, the ways that people find things, I, in all honesty, a lot of times major strats and major glitches are found by complete accident. Um, it's, it's one, an interaction that like maybe some random person found that no one ever expected, but I've even seen instances as crazy as, uh, like one of my, my close friends in the community, he has had strats that have come to him in dreams where he's mm -hmm. like dreamed about, I wonder if this thing is possible. And then he wakes up and then he tries it out and it, and it just, it just works, you know? And yeah, there's a, there's a comment that, that one of the, uh, one of the members of, of the Ratchet and Clank community just wrote in my chat that, ju that just said, simply walls are suggestions. You know, mm -hmm. it's, it's like, you're really only bounded by your level of creativity. So you're actually, you're, you, oftentimes you're hacking the computer program. In, well, there are actually uh, glitches that can do that. Like for example, um, there is a way in the original Super Mario World uh, on the, I think it's the, the Super Nintendo, um, where you can actually rewrite the code of the game from within the game itself. And it's called arbitrary code execution. And so you have, if you, if you watch it, it looks like, like, I don't even know how to describe it. It, it, it looks like, um, 
it's like the person isn't even playing the game. They're just doing a series of random things over and over. And then before you even know it, like, boom, the game just jumps them to the end credits and they've beaten the game. And so it, there's, there's, you know, as many ways to manipulate games as there are ways to just play it and normally straight up, you know? But you're not actually like speeding it up. You're playing it at a normal, it's like, you're not listening to a, podcast and you can go to the the x two x right no yeah I, I i don't know if there's many games where speeding up is actually allowed got it um you know I, I don't know the rules of every single speed game out there maybe there are some that's legal but certainly not the games that i've ever played um and that's there's usually a very stringent set of rules that communities have to create to prevent people from going outside of the bounds of what's actually considered the difference between a manipulation and a cheat like they're right. two very different worlds. That Mario um, one sounded kind of like a cheat. Sort of, but but it's also its own category. Like uh, it's separated on a different leaderboard entirely. And so people play that version of the game when they feel like just bashing their head against a coding wall. And uh, people normally just play the more substantial versions where you use the actual techniques in the game to beat it as fast as you can. Yeah, they're uh, like j almost joke categories where it might take two minutes to finish a game, but for something like awesome games done quick, that might not be the most entertaining thing to watch. Mm -hmm. And then there's a component to reaction to the game, right? There's a genre of you explaining what somebody else is doing while the game is being played. Is that? That's, I... yeah, that's a very popular content creation uh, thing, idea in general. It's, a, it's always easy content for somebody who's an expert in something to just pull out something that's relevant to their audience's interest and just say, okay, let me explain this to you. And I have a few of those videos on my channel as well, where I like, uh, you know, I take other people's speed runs and with their permission, usually uh, I'll sit down <laughs> with it and I'll just be like, okay, this is exactly what's happening. These are key moments that you may not realize what's normally going on. And uh, you know, it, it's, it's, it's kind of insane because, you know, there are like people out there who have, you know, I'm not even exaggerating when I say this, like a, a doctoral thesis level knowledge of the inner workings of like, for example, Super Mario 64. And, you know, it, some of the most fascinating content out there tends to be when they just break down how they know all these things that you can kind of, you know, get, get a, you know, the, a bit of their brain ooze into your ears as well and be like, oh, okay, I, I kind of understand what's going on here. I don't really understand it all that much, but at least I, I understand enough now. That's kind of like listening to the Dr. Joe show sometimes. Oh, thanks, I think. No, really, um, sometimes when you bring in your uh, guests <clears throat> that are, you know, masters of their scientific space, you you know, you can you could take people to another level where I, I I can appreciate what you're saying. You get some of that by mm. immersion. You're not going to go shoulder to shoulder and, and uh, debate with those folks, but you're certainly taking on some real value there. That's interesting. So the reaction videos, everybody's doing a different yeah. version of a reaction, right? So that's, that's fascinating to me that people will watch somebody else react to somebody else. Because how many layers is that going to continue to go? Yeah, it's pretty endless. It's it's uh, and actually, as a matter of fact, there's actually a lot of people on Twitter who complain about reaction content because it's just oh, really? you know they consider it lazy or they consider it just like you know like oh here we go 
like uh you know five top level speedrunners all put out a reaction video to the same speedrun great like good job guys you really did right. good stuff <laughs> that's interesting but you know how it goes it's 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 a hard world for a content creator out there sometimes and you just got to do what gets clicks it's as simple as that sometimes how is it you mentioned the trolling how does it how, how do you separate that to the point where it doesn't bring you down i think you just kind of have to accept that it's a natural part of the twitch ecosystem it's uh you know as as nice as it would be to always have people who are in your corner there's always going to be people who want to see you lose there's going to be people who want who want to laugh at you when something bad happens you know and some people make a career out of it you know one of the most popular streamers on the entire website uh is his name is xqc and i'm pretty he gets like 80 to 100,000 viewers on average you know enough to fill the biggest stadiums in the world and i'm pretty sure like at least 65% of all of his viewers watch just to like, you know, just to see him screw up and laugh at him. Um, so, you know, it, sometimes it, you got to just roll with it and he, and he doesn't care. I mean, at this point he's richer than God. So why should he? And uh, so, you know, you just got to roll with it. Twitch. Twitch. Not familiar with that platform until today. It's uh, it's, it's getting bigger and bigger every year. It's uh, it just got bought out by Amazon a few years back. So there's always a lot of jokes about, you know, lining Jeff Bezos's pocket with more money anytime, you know, things happen on the website or whatnot. Um, but largely, I mean, it's, it's one of those things that um, it's almost like what sports were on, on, uh, on national broadcasted television, where it's like, you know, people who play basketball recreationally want to watch what the professionals do. And uh, people who play video games recreationally want to see what the pros do in the, in the games that they play. So it's specific to that genre. Well, okay. That's also a good uh, thing to bring up. It used to only be video games. Um, but in recent past, they've started adding more and more things. Uh, so for example, they started with art and then they added just chatting channels. So there's people who literally just sit there and just talk and they don't, they don't play games at all. And then uh, the most interesting meta in Twitch history has been happening over the past year where people have been doing hot tub streams. Ooh. So you can probably imagine how that's all going um, with <laughs> very mixed reception. Uh, so, you know, one of the, again, one of the most popular streamers on the website, uh, she would just like sit in a hot tub for 10 hours a day wearing a bikini you know, sitting on a little, like a banana floaty or something. And uh, people would just, you know, donate thousands upon thousands of dollars uh, every single day. So, so how, do you, how do you explain the psychology behind that? I mean, why? I was kind of hoping you could fill that in. That I would fill that in. Well, I'm still, I'm still absorbing all of this. And, and I, I'm curious, is there a way to ask your viewership right now why they watch what 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 is you know because they're compelled to right i mean they love you they they want to see whether you whether you succeed or fail they want to see it mm -hmm. so we've gotten a couple of comments that that have been forwarded on to me through thomas is is watching yeah i'm seeing a lot of uh live in the chat mm -hmm. uh, a lot of boobs yes the, at least in the case of the hot tub streamers, it's it's almost exclusively horniness. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> thank you, thank you, audience. I appreciate it. 
keep 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 these comments coming in because this so is... does that become does that become like a, a peep show almost where you're talking to the person and having the conversation while she's in the hot tub on her banana float? well she, she very exclusively the person i'm referring to yeah uh almost exclusively does not interact with her audience at all which uh, creates another dynamic where right. you know some people are into that sort of thing they they don't they want to be ignored or whatever they want to you know i'm not going to get into that whole thing because i'm not qualified <laughs> to speak on that but uh, yes if you'd ever want to elucidate us on that 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 would be fantastic um but at least in in terms of of just general viewership i, I think it, it tends to just be that people want to be engaged in the content they watch it's uh, you know, YouTube. If you if you want to watch an instructional video on how to wash your hands by by the CDC, you can go online and watch that, but you can't really engage with it. Mm. Uh, but Twitch is something totally different, where not only can you experience something live and in real time, but you can also talk to the person while you do it. Like, how cool is that? You know, like how often do we we watch TV shows where we ever get the chance to engage with the creator of the content? Um, and I mean, I, I think the only thing I can really think of are like, you know, sh those shows where they used to do live, like phone call in type things, but then yeah. you're just playing the lottery, you know, are, are you going to be that lucky person today? But here, you know, I could, uh, I can just point out any random person in my chat and just, you know, say hello to them and, and, you know, try to give them like a little bit of extra love and attention that, that like, maybe they needed that day. Maybe they needed to just be acknowledged yeah. by somebody. And uh, I mean, especially in the, in the age of the pandemic, you know, we've all been so isolated. We're all so alone now, at least in theory, um, that like people just need that extra bit of engagement in their lives. And, uh, you know, I think that's, I think as uh, not to say that there's really good that came out of this pandemic, because obviously we're still in the heat of it. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of controversy that happens all the time between, people of different ideas. Again, I'm not going to touch that with a 10 foot pole, but what I can say with certainty is that it's just been, you know, it, it's been good for Twitch. It's people have had a lot more free time. They work from home and they get bored. And so they're just like, Oh, you know what? I need something to stimulate me. I'll, I'll throw on a stream, see what this person's doing. And, uh, I'll go from there, I suppose. And, uh, you know, the, the more that people engage with the content, the more familiar they get with the platform and, and, you know, I, I can't even remember what I used to do before I watched Twitch. Uh, and even when I'm not streaming, I'm usually a pretty avid watcher myself. I'll just go watch my friends or any other random streamer. Yeah, I'll add too that as, uh, as someone who gets into that sort of seasonal depression and I'll mm -hmm. do a, a comfy binge of a yeah. show like The Office or Parks and Rec, uh, my thing for the past few months was... Uh, not exclusively, but speed runs with mm -hmm. specifically likable people, mostly Zem. And uh, it, it's like watch, it's like sitting on the couch with your friends, passing the controller back and forth. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's so a cozy keep, feeling. So you keep them entertained, but it sounds like you keep them upbeat also. At least I try to, uh, you know, and it's, that's actually uh, a big thing that I personally have been going through is, is you know, uh, again, with the whole idea of, of just like seasonal depression, overcoming mental hurdles in general, um, you know, it can be tough. Sometimes it is at the end of the day for me, a job, 
And right. if I'm doing this six days a week, there's going to be some days where I'm just not at my best. Um, but you know, and it's, and it's, that's kind of the back and forth where, where, when I give back to my chat on the days that I'm not feeling hundred percent, they give back to me and they, and they help lift me up. And so it, it kind of creates a bit of a symbiosis in a way where, you know, we can't be there for each other in person, but we're there for each other when it actually matters. And that is part of, I think, what, what the pandemic has done. Yeah. Is it has, it has united all of us in a way that we never imagined, mm -hmm. uh, even though we're separate. And I think it, it has shown us how much we really have in common compared to how different we are. We're not that different. Mm -hmm. We all want the same thing. You know, my audience knows that this is what I say. We all want the same thing, which is just to feel valued by somebody else. Mm -hmm. and what you are doing is at every moment you can remind someone of their value and whenever you remind someone of their value you increase your own value and it really sounds like that's what you're doing intuitively i mean we have this instinct in all of us that we can just remind someone of their value we're also good at the other we're also really good at making people feel like crap we can do <laughs> both and you get to choose which one you want to do but yeah. um, you really do. You get to choose. One of the phrases uh, comes out of the Dr. Joe shows, you control no one, you influence everyone. Mm. And you get yeah. to choose the kind of influence you want to be. Later on in the show, we're going to ask you what kind of influence you want to be, but not quite yet. I have a, I have a few more questions. Um, first of all, opera is a remarkable remarkable performance genre. I mean, it's, it's, it's sometimes completely misunderstood in today's era. How did you get interested in that? If I'm going to be 100% honest, complete accident. Great. Um, so when I was growing up, um, you know, I was, a, I, if, if this kind of gives you an idea of what the typical speedrunner is like, my original career goal, my dream job was to be a statistician. <laughs> What kind of freak wants to grow up being a statistician, <laughs> you know? And, Love it. And, uh, and so basically, I, I kind of, around the time where I needed to start applying to colleges, I kind of realized I didn't really love math. I was just good at it, you know? Mm. It was just something that, like, people always gave me accolades for, and it made me feel special, but I didn't actually enjoy it. It was always music that I really, really enjoyed, and, I, I you know, I did – choir all like from fourth grade onward um you know i did all the honors choirs and and despite not never having any formal training i just really really enjoyed music and so basically the, the way that that my one of my close friends uh always describes my life story he says you know basically i was i i i sat in my basement from ages 5 to 17 playing video games every day and then my mom came downstairs and said, you need to go to college. And then I just said, eh, I guess I'll do opera. <laughs> so, <laughs> and uh, so like, I, I honestly didn't really even know much of what vocal performance meant when I applied for it. Um, but essentially I just figured, okay, I'll apply to all these schools for both math and opera. Uh, and if I get in for music, then great. And if not, you know, I got math to fall back on. Um, and so basically, uh, I lived, I grew up in backwoods, Pennsylvania, Northeastern PA, uh, like 45 minutes out from Scranton. And, uh, 
sorry, I, I'm I just got a little sidetracked. One of my uh, there's I have a donation alert. You go right ahead. You you do what you need to do there, Zen. No, we're, no, no, no. It, it's good. not. It's not that 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 I need to address somebody. It's that the donation alert is a fart noise, and so I was, I just got really distracted by this really loud sounding fart in my ears. Uh, um, good. I'm, uh, Tom was <laughs> was that fart and go again? <laughs> that was one of my acolytes, I believe. Yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah. So I I I uh my goal is to apply to a bunch of schools in Pennsylvania because I you know. I didn't want to stray too far from home. Um, and despite not really having any formal education, uh, I managed to get into Carnegie Mellon in, into wow. their school of music. Wow. I, th I think it's, be I, and I, I have a theory because I was not, I don't want to make it sound like I was some wunderkind, like some sort of, you know, gifted voice uh, or anything like that. I think it was because the year above me, they had eight students they took that year and they were all girls. So they needed a lot of guys. And so they really lowered their standards. <laughs> um, and so I think they liked the fact that I didn't have any training. They, they, they wanted to see what they could do. And so they kind of took me and I, I really had to play catch up. I was super far behind the curve at first, um, but I busted my ass and it, it, you know, I didn't really think about it much at the time because I was so busy trying to catch up musically, but it, it really just made me feel alive. And, uh, and so basically I, I, I just kind of stuck with it mm. and, um, you know, I, I just finished at right around the time of the pandemic starting, uh, you know, last year, you know, around March or whatever, I was finishing up my master's degree, uh, for opera as well. And uh -huh. I was getting ready to go out into the world of, of opera and, you know, potentially see what I could do with it. And then unfortunately the pandemic, you know, kind of backhanded me across the face and said, no, no, <laughs> not just yet. Um, mm. But it's honestly, I actually really appreciate it because it's given me a lot of time to reflect on what I actually value in music and, uh, and what my, and it, it's, it's kind of influenced my goals in a way as well. Um, I think before I was so busy focusing on the end goal of being somebody that I kind of lost what music meant to me in the shuffle. And so that's something that I actually really appreciate coming out of the pandemic. And I know I'm kind of getting a little bit off track here by saying this, but I just appreciate that it's giving me the chance to kind of sit with my thoughts for a bit and help me rediscover why I love music so much. So that's, that's kind of the long and the short of, of how I got into it and how I'm stuck through it. But um, obviously in the meantime, I've had to do something else, which is why I'm doing streaming now. <laughs> but, it, but it also says a lot about you how, you, how you can see the lining, the silver lining in so many things. You know, a lot of people would, would, would have a hard time with that, seeing how this has been a benefit to them. Um, and at the same time, you're, you're entertaining a whole bunch of people through the pandemic, which is a real gift. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So were you a tenor, bass? Or? Baritone. Baritone. I, I started out as a tenor. I tried to brute force my way into it, but that's just not how singing works. Right. <laughs> um, so I had a, I had a, uh, it was almost like an intervention. I had a few friends sit me down and they just said, you have to stop singing tenor repertory. It is not working for you. You are a baritone. Just do it. And you know, there's, you know, there's obviously uh, a lot. Singers kind of go through metamorphoses every six to 12 months anyway. So mm -hmm. I was pretty much overdue at that point. And, and do you write as well? Um, I've written some music. It's something that I, I kind of uh, took up as like a little hobby on the side. Uh, 
back right around the time I was finishing undergrad. I haven't done too much with it in recent past, but uh, you know, I love exploring new music. I love learning, especially that's, that's my biggest passion is, is uh, current day opera. Um, mm. just, I mean, I think, I think when everybody thinks of opera, they think of like, you know, the, the, the fat tenor walking around singing something written 200 years ago. Right. And uh, there's, but there's a lot of, I personally think the heart and soul of classical music is the stuff being written today. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that's what I want to do if I ever, uh, cause I'm going to be moving to New York soon. Um, my goal is to just connect with a bunch of, of newer artists who are trying to make, you know, create cool, new, interesting art and, uh, offer my, my talents, my perceptions, my thoughts, uh, in, in a way to help bring all that to life. Um, so that's, you know, it's who knows how that's going to work, but I, I do have some friends over there who are still writing music. I've made a lot of composer friends, a lot of instrumentalist friends and, and uh, people are always willing to collaborate in the world of music. So I'm pretty hopeful. It's great. Um, I actually just came back from New York. It's, you know, it's an incredible Mecca of art. Yeah. So performing art in particular. And I, I, I assume that you can do your speed running from anywhere. Yeah. I can take it with me wherever I go. Right. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, don't get me wrong. Like, for example, I, I visited a friend in California last week. I brought like, 25 pounds of tech gear with me to his house. I was like, okay, I got a stream from your house. He was like, do you really have to do this? I was like, no, but I'm going to anyway. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I mean, it's great that I could just take it with me wherever I go. I don't have to worry about like, it's weird. People always move to New York for job opportunities. And I'm, I'm kind of the opposite. I'm just doing their, or I'm, I'm doing the move just to reconnect with people and just kind of see what kind of life is there to experience, I guess. That's the, that's the smart one move to make because you we touched on you touched on it a little early when you're talking about your goals and this is one big thing i've been having is what does it mean to be somebody mm-hmm. to become somebody because i feel like that way lies madness I, I also think people get really lost in the shuffle of that as well like people are so like there's there's a there's an anime that i love called ping pong I, I my chat's gonna yell at me for this but i have to mention this at some point it's it's like one of my favorite shows ever but there's a, one of the, the big theses of this show is that like, it doesn't matter why you do something. It's about what it means to you. And so there's one of the lines where a player says, I don't want to be just another unremarkable ping pong player. And then one of the characters responds by saying, you know, I rather like an unremarkable ping pong player. Because it's, it's just like, you know, because it's the kind of people who do things just for the sake of doing it. They're doing it because they love it. They're doing it because it brings them joy and, and it, you know, brightens their world just a little bit. And, uh, you know, that's something I, I, it took me a long time to kind of figure out here, but, uh, I feel like it's, it's, you know, something that I, I'm, that helps kind of keep me pushing forward every day. Not to get too heady. <laughs> no, it's, it's a good place to be. Yeah, it is. And, and would you apply that to speed running as well? Or, or were you talking about opera or talking about both? Everything really. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm trying to learn piano right now. I never grew up playing piano. Um, and so that's been a bit torturous because, you know, when you're playing piano the first several months, you just suck. <laughs> so I have to just sit down and be like, okay, I'm doing this because I enjoy music. Right. <laughs> I just, I, I'm investing the time because it brings me fulfillment. Um, but yeah, no, I think that's, that's every speedrunner needs to go into it with that sort of mindset, because I always tell people, if you go into live streaming, because you think you're going to make a million dollars, you're it's just never going to work ever right 
like it has to come from a place of love first. You have to do it because you just enjoy doing it. That's the only way people are even going to want to watch you in the first place. Um, mm. So, you know, it's, it's one of those things where, and especially now, like I'm, I'm trying to diversify my content a bit. I'm trying to move. I still want to keep speedrunning as a regular part of my stuff, but I also want to just do other stuff too. I want to, I want to have the liberty to kind of go out and, and if I want to play a random game that just came out that everyone's playing, I can go play it and, and uh, not feel pressured in any way, shape or form to just be the, the one trick horse who just does the thing of who's supposed to do and then goes back in his stable afterwards, you know? So I don't know. It's, it's, it's a, a crazy nice world to be able to do that. Yeah. Oh my God. It's, it really is. Um, and it's, you know, that's what all the, the biggest streamers eventually have to make that jump. They always start doing something and then they have to expand to everything else. But in the meantime, you got to build up from something, right? Right. Um, so, you know, it's it, rediscovering the, the, the joys of speedrunning um, is something I definitely have to spend a lot of my time focusing on. Right. So, so is, is there a practice to it? I mean, do you have to like practice certain parts of the game or what how do you do this let's uh, get back I, to the speed running sure i think for my for my main speed game uh so ratchet and clank three up your arsenal it's a very intentional uh innuendo <laughs> there love it um, got it so uh i would say so i've been playing that game now for roughly seven years i would say i have played bare minimum seven thousand hours wow um, and a lot of that is run attempts on stream, but you know, a lot of that is just me sitting down with the game on my own time, plan like practicing the same mundane thing over and over and over. You know, it's like, they, they always say like mastering something, isn't being able to do it a uh, hundred times. It's being able to do it so much. You never mess it up again. And so, and that's, that is speed running in a nutshell, because anytime you can lose a speed run to some little thing, it will happen. Um, and there's also a huge mental game that goes into it as well, which, which I'm sure would be relatively interesting to dig into, but you know, it, it's like, you, you have to also go at it with a clear mind of like, you can't over-practice, you can't under-practice, you can't, uh, expect to get the PB or the personal best or the world record on any given day. You have to just be ready to sit with the game, be there in the moment and, uh, and that's a really hard thing for a lot of speedrunners to do, because especially when you start seeing as the, as the splits roll by and you get further into the game, you start thinking, oh my God, I'm on world record pace. Like being able to keep that composure is something that takes years to learn. Um, and, and, you know, even somebody as experienced as myself, uh, just because I'm on world record pace does not mean that I'm going to get world record that run. And, you know, I've, I've had so many heartbreaking moments where I get to the last minute and then I make one mistake, you know, and it's just like, you gotta be ready to keep yourself in a headspace where you just keep on trucking along and you, and you, you reset the timer and you go again. But you've got a community there supporting you. Yes. Uh, well, I mean, that helps, <laughs> but there's also a lot of speedrunners, you know, it's because it's such a niche thing. There are a lot of speedrunners out there who stream to, you know, zero, one, two viewers. Got and, it. and especially when they're first starting out, it's like, you know, you got to really be in a good headspace to be able to deal with that when you don't have other people lifting you up at this point, you know, it's easy for me to deal with that kind of crap. Cause you know, sometimes I'll lose a speed run. Then somebody, you know, gives me 20 bucks and they're just like, Hey man, sorry, that happened. Here you go. And I'll be like, Oh, okay. Well that makes it this a lot better. Um, but you know, I understand that I'm in a position of privilege in that regard. And, and not every other speed runner has that sort of thing. And, and that's, 
you know, something I've, I've been actively working on and within my own community, the Ratchet and Clank community is, is helping to bring other people to the streamers who only do get, you know, zero to five viewers so that they can experience some of that, like upliftingness as well. How much of it is your personality though? I mean, if someone's simply playing to break a record and not really engaging, that's not mm -hmm. going to work. You're not going to engage, you're not going to get a community, right? Yeah. Well, and that's community building happens a billion different ways. And, and I'm, yeah. uh, I'm lucky that my chat can deal with my frenetic weirdness uh, in, in the way that they do. You know, we have a, a wonderful back and forth, but you know, I, I always say there's like, there's two pillars of being a, a content creator on Twitch. Either you have to be the most personable, most uh, affectionate, like amicable person you could possibly be so much so that people just want to watch you just to be with you or you have to be the absolute best. Um, and the closer you get to being 100% at both, realistically, the more successful you're gonna be, although it's still not as linear as that. Um, but you have to be able to do at least one. Um, and something that I try to do is, is just try to maximize both as best as I possibly can. Um, so, you know, I try to engage with my chat, even when they send fart donations like they're doing right now to try to distract me. Um, but yeah, you know, I, 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 I just, how does that work? Uh, how does so, the monetization work? So in, when I first started out, I streamed totally, you know, it was just free labor pretty much. Um, I didn't have any sort of way to monetize my channel. I had to actually become a partnered streamer, which means I, I needed to have like a hundred average viewers somewhere around there which is really difficult to do because there are millions of people streaming on this website. So even to just have a hundred viewers is really like that already puts you in the top 1% of the entire website, if not higher than that. Um, but then uh, it gave me a, a button to allow people to pay a monthly subscription. Um, and you know, they can, now there's like ways you can donate within the website itself. You can donate outside of the website. Uh, there's ways to like link that to the Twitch channel. Uh, you can run advertisements on your channel, things like that. Like um, Patreon. Some people do have Patreon. I don't have one myself, but there's plenty of people who do. That nowadays, there's OnlyFans, which is used for a whole lot of reasons. Um, one reason. Mostly one reason. <laughs> um, what was yeah. that? What was the uh, what was the payment called? Uh, OnlyFans. Yeah, I'm sure anybody watching Only knows fans. exactly what that is already. But yeah, that's uh. It's uh, mostly, you, you're not allowed to advertise OnlyFans on Twitch because it's, it's mostly not safe for work content. Um, but a lot of people do that as well to supplement income. Um, but yeah, so, but nowadays, what's kind of cool is that regardless of your size, you could become a Twitch affiliate if you have like, you know, five viewers on average. I don't even know if it's that much, but they give you the, the option to monetize your channel and it helps give like a little bit back to the streamers who are mostly just doing it out of love that said it doesn't just have to be like them sacrificing their own man hours to, to do it, you know? Um, but yeah, so the monetization happens in, in tons of different ways. And uh, it's, it's kind of cool that there are so many options now for content creators because it, it really is, you know, only getting harder and harder as more and more people enter the pool to kind of stand out. Huh? So interesting. So do you bring any of your performance skills from opera, do you think, into what you're doing as a performer on the internet? I, I really do think that uh, 
it, the, the acting skills that I learned as a stage performer have helped me out a ton. Um, because you kind of have to, so much of acting, I, I like acting seems like such a nebulous thing to people who are not actors, but anyone who is an actor can tell you that it's, it's basically just the study of how you react to things. And so oftentimes the, the best way to grow as a streamer is to kind of challenge the way that you react to things and say, okay, well, why am I reacting this way? Like what, what, how can I put this into words and how can I adjust this for the next time? And so a lot of what I do in my spare time, you know, I'll watch my own content and I'll be like, how does this make me feel? Like how, how do, am I an enjoyer of my own content? And if not, what do I need to do differently? Um, and so, you know, I'll bring in my musical skills from time to time. I mean, maybe I'll do a little bit of singing or, or like play some piano for them or what have you. Um, but largely I think the, the most benefit I've ever gotten out of my opera career has been being able to sit in front of a camera and just, you know, enjoy being there in that moment with however many people show up that day. Right. I can, I can relate. A lot of that. reoccurring themes. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, in what way, Mark? A lot of reoccurring themes in the moment. Very zen. Yeah. It's Mm. a very zen vibe where it's 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 very zen in the moment. It's the journey, it's not the destination. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because, I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, it's just like the content that I provide largely, at least over the course of my career, has just been sitting, playing the same game over and 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 over. And if it sounds grueling, it's because sometimes it really is. And so, you know, you got to be willing to just kind of like, see, all right, what kind of craziness is going to happen today? You'll never be a good streamer if you don't have a curious mind. (laughs) (laughs) Reference. Uh, Yes. I love that, that, that particular show. I don't know if you, if uh, Dr. Joe or, or Mark, I don't know if you guys have ever seen the show. I think you should leave. Um, but it's it's a really hilarious show on Netflix that's that's like becoming the the new hotbed of memes on the internet. Huh. So yeah, it's like like a, a guy who's he's like an, I'm an he's like an obnoxious ass. He's like a very clearly an obnoxious ass, and uh, he like airs all of his dirty laundry very callously in front of like his girlfriend's friends, and it's like like remember like that we had this argument during that one dinner where I told you never be a great writer because you don't have a curious mind, like you know like <laughs> like. That kind of stuff. It's just like really over the top, surreal kind of humor. But I digress. <laughs> no, I, I watched um, some of your videos, and what I enjoyed was really how into it you are and the enthusiasm. And, and then when there's a surprise, uh, how you react to that and like what just happened? Like something happened that was like some huge score, or I don't know. But but um, it's it's engaging. It, it really it's it's fun to watch and and you can see that you're having fun and i think that's part of the appeal mm-hmm. you know is, is having a window into another human being who is just playing a game mm-hmm. it's really a very interesting interesting sort of yeah i mean we have professional sports i mean people go go to watch athletes like that all the time but they don't have that engagement with them the way you do with your fan base. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's uh it's something that's just really awesome. I, I think that's that's easily the best part of the website is that you you just get to you, you get that window into people's lives. You get that engagement. You get to just like I don't know like how cool is it that you know I've got people in this chat right now who there's probably as many different countries represented as there are people. 
Mm. You know, I, I've got like wow. right around the time. So the reason I stream when I stream, I stream usually 11 a.m. Central Time is, is when I like to start streaming. And that's because that's European prime time. And so I get all the Europeans when I, when I first start the stream and then they all go to bed and then, you know, the Americans start to flood it and then they start, you know, whatever they have to do. And then if I go really late at night, then the Australians start pouring in. Hmm. And it's just like, you know, I, I've got people all over the place. Like I've got any European country you can think of. Uh, I've got people from New Zealand, from Japan, from, uh, I don't know if I've ever had, I don't know how many Middle Eastern viewers I've had um, or like, you know, around that area. Uh, but, you know, I've got people in South America in, in just like even, you know, Canada and Mexico close to home. But but yeah, it's kind of it, it is kind of wild because because there is such a huge culture for gaming in all parts of the globe. Like, you know, for right. example, um, you know, there's there's in like to discuss kind of go over some different genres like in fighting games. You've got a huge scene in America. You've got a huge fighting game scene in Japan. Um as a matter of fact, I think it's it's Iran where like or no, it's not Iran. It's pa uh, it's Pakistan where some of the best Tekken players in the entire world. Tekken is like one of the most popular fighting games ever, and there's just like this huge hotbed of of, of Pakistani players who just like they were super unknown and they went to the World Championships and and they just like the the like there was the Korean community was like considered the best and they just wiped the floor with all the Korean players. And it was insane, like it totally out of nowhere. But like, you know, like in China, there, there's like lots of people play mobile games. Like mobile gaming is huge in China. Uh, you've got like uh, in Europe, there, there's lots of shooting games that, that are like first person shooters, like Call of Duty or, or you know, thing, or, or uh, Counter-Strike. Those are super huge in Europe. And like, so it's just like all over. It's, it's like, it's almost kind of crazy to think that there's like, in the same way that each country has its own customs and traditions, each region has its own video game customs as well. And, yeah. uh, and, and it's kind of cool that, in, in, that this is like a world where you can kind of just like talk to people about it and just be like, hey, that, like this is growing up, you know, in where I grew up, the games that were super popular were not even close to the same ones for somebody who maybe lived in Denmark, you know? And right. so, you know, it, it's just kind of crazy to think that you can be connected to people uh, like that, that is, I think the, the root that brings us all together here is that like, we all just love games and, and if nothing else, we can connect over that. So would, would your fans tell you where they're from? How do you know what country they're from? Do you say, Hey, where are you guys writing in from? Uh, it's usually like, you know, any sort of thing of like, I'll talk about a problem that I've been having and they'll be like, oh, that's, a, that's such an American problem. And I'll be mm. like, what do you mean? Like, what, how is it different where you're from? They'll be like, well, here in England, well, you know, this is what happens or like here in France. And, you know, and then we just have like a dialogue. I got like, you know, every now and then chat like tries to get me to learn some German and I'll just be like, okay, well, here we go. Okay, so so I'm loving this because I'm, I'm actually on your Twitch channel as okay. we're doing this, and people have heard that. So Buffalo, Sydney, Australia, Portugal, England, Denmark, Texas, oh. baby, uh, Finland, New Zealand. I mean, this is just wonderful. So this this adds a whole nother dimension of, of this global community mm -hmm. that that you are creating and that people are participating in, and I hope people realize that. No matter where you are in the world, not only can you access Zam 92, but we are one 
group. It's called humanity. That's what we're trying to get across at the Dr. Joe show. Mm-hmm. We're trying to move away from this idea that there's this separate group and that separate group, and we have all this conflict as a result. Mm-hmm. We're one group, and we can all enjoy the same thing. We can have fun. It doesn't matter what you want to have fun with, but, we, but everybody wants to have fun. Everybody wants to care about somebody. Everybody wants to feel valued. Mm-hmm. One of the questions that we ask, when's the last time you got angry at someone who was treating you with respect? I mean, think about it, right? That's when's the last question. time you got angry at someone treating you with respect? You don't. That's what the Dr. Joe show is all about. We have an opportunity to look again at why we do what we do, who we are, who we are and why we do what we do. Instead of judging it, let's again look, again to repeat something, look like a spectator. Let's respect why people do what they do and just wonder. It's so much more rewarding to wonder than to worry. It's so much more important to be reflective than reflexive. And this is part of what, you know, what you have to offer. You're just playing a game and people come and watch. I think it's wonderful. It's just wonderful what you're doing. Well, and here's this global community, global community right here that is completely in agreement. They just really enjoyed doing what you're doing. It makes a real difference in people's lives. We haven't touched on the charity streams. Yeah. Okay. Let's, let's touch on that. <laughs> I think we just did. Well, I don't want to make Zem brag, so I'll say uh, that. So in the Ratchet and Clank series, there's a character by the name of Captain Quark who's like the lovable doofus who always screws everything up. But he, he's there at the end to help. Uh, and his voice actor, I believe, was it diagnosed with cancer? It wasn't. Uh, so it was uh, Alzheimer's, I believe, or uh. dementia. or uh, Oh, I'm going to be uh, reamed by my chat for not remembering this off the top of my head. I believe it was, it was onset Alzheimer's oh. at the same time that he got COVID. So oh, he really, he was in and out of the hospital all of 2020. It was really awful for him. So. And so Zem has been holding these charity streams all for the benefit of uh, this man. Hmm. Yeah. They, they, uh, I believe if, if I'm remembering the numbers correctly, the, total and and again an example of such an american problem uh he his family was charged i believe it was a million dollars in medical expenses over the course of 2020 uh and his insurance i mean i mean he had a great insurance and it covered the large brunt of it but his family still owed fifty thousand dollars um and uh so uh, you know we tried to you know i i i i don't i really am not the one who should take credit for this it's, it's the community who did it uh, I was just, I just happened to be the the nexus of, of where they could all funnel into. I, I happened to have like the credibility to be like, hey, I'm the person who is connected to Ratchet and Clank. Let's do something for this guy. Um, but we ended up raising over, a little over $25,000 for him over the course of a week. Wow. Um, and, and I, you know, it was actually the toughest part of it, honestly, was getting in touch with him. Um, because obviously, you know, he, his Alzheimer's, you know, it's a disease that only gets worse. So he's not going to be, uh, able to connect with me over this. So I had to find his wife, uh, Janice. And, and that was, that was a very, very difficult effort because she was off the grid taking care of him. 
And, uh, you know, I happened to find the right people who managed to patch me through the right lines. And I was just like, Hey, I just, I just want to let you know, this is a thing that's happening. Is there a way for me to get you to this money securely and safely? Um, and so, you know, I ended up getting the address and it, and it was as easy as just cutting the check at that point. Mm. Um, so, and it took a lot of trust as well. I mean, people had to really trust me to handle that much money, which I really appreciated. Um, but there were some people who did not trust me. There was actually like, there's forum pages on the internet for Ratchet and Clank, the fandom you know, as a whole, where people would try to advertise my stream being like, hey, this is a thing that someone is trying to do. And the moderators of that forum page expressly banned any mention of me on the entire forum because they assumed I was trying to scam people because they, wow. they, they didn't know who I was. They didn't know that I was a longtime fan of the series, that I make a career playing those games. And, uh, you know, they, they deleted all the posts. They banned, you know, dozens of people were telling me I got banned for mentioning your stream. And uh, so, you know, there were some hardships along the way, but we, we managed to make it happen all the same. And that's that's strange to me because don't you at least have a first name basis relationship? I like to think you've earned a few relationships with the people at Insomniac. Insomniac are the creators of Ratchet and Clank. I uh, not only are am I on like a first name basis with a lot of them. I I talk to a lot of them frequently on social media. Like uh, like I literally just had a conversation about Taco Bell with one of them, uh, like one of the one of the devs of Insomniac or one of the the managers of Insomniac on Twitter yesterday. Like, you know, it's not uncommon for, for me to, and I've even gone, I've even flown out to Burbank, California, and I have done speed runs at their studio. And, uh, you know, and obviously I'm not depending on Insomniac to give me the good word because they're a, they're a business. They have their own set of rules to live by. Great business but, though. Yes, absolutely. I it's, think they've been voted the top business to work, the number one workplace in America, at least for one year. I would believe it. I mean, it's, it's, uh, especially in the video game industry, it's, it's, uh, these days we're finding out more and more, there's a lot of companies that are rife. Yeah. With like, uh, you know, assault, al uh, like abuse allegations, things like that. Of, like, crunches. Crunches. Yeah. Manipulation of labor hours and things like that. And so, you know, to see a company that actually has a good reputation in the field is, is a breath of fresh air for sure. So much more. What, what else should we be asking you? What else do you want us to know about this remarkable world? I guess I can actually redelegate. I'm a big fan of redelegating responsibility. I'm going to redelegate this question to my chat because Love I feel it. like I feel like I'm too close to know to even know what's interesting here. Um, so I'll, I'll see if they. <laughs> the first response simply said, "Ask them about your balls." Um, yes. Yeah. So... Okay. <laughs> We we didn't we we want we wanted to uh, to go into that and, and I I, I want I don't want it to be testy. Go on. Yeah. Uh, I shaved them in the shower. Great, it's helpful. You know, it's easier. Um, well, I actually I want to ask you guys on a, on a similar. I want to ask you guys uh, how you feel about mind goblin. Uh, pretty good, I guess. What is yeah? it? Mind goblin these nuts. Oh. Uh, 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 uh. You know, it's funny because my um, my two sons were going to create a cider company um, called Charles Dickens. Mm -hmm. Right? Those, can you can you go? Yeah, of course, uh, of course. Right. <laughs> um, that has that has those those memes have infected the internet over the past year. It's it's like the there, first it was you know it was it, Candace. That's another one. They ask you who's Candace. 
Uh, they say that Kentucky is the only state that begins with the letter K. And then you say, well, what about Kansas? And then of course, you know, uh, and, and, and so on and so forth. So I actually just got, I got mind goblin at the beginning of my, my uh, 78 hour stream. And so of course I have to pass the, uh, the, you know, the continue the cycle of abuse and pass it on to you guys now. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess, oh, I actually did see one that was pretty interesting. Um, there is uh, a caveat to all this. Um, so despite the fact that there is a way for all of us to connect, the new thing that's, that's being researched is parasocial relationships. Um, and I'm kind of curious if you guys have any insight on that, because it, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, on the one hand, you know, all these people get a window into my life, but I don't get a window into theirs. So they all know me much, much better than I know them. And so sometimes, and it's not just me, it's, it's, a, it's a constant thing that happens to all sorts of content creators where there's a problem where sometimes viewers will get a little too cozy, a little too comfortable, say, say something they maybe shouldn't say. And then it's, you know, at that point, it like, there kind of needs to be the talk of just like, hey, you know, like, yeah, how do you even address that sort of stuff? It's, it's, a, it's a complicated relationship that, that can be formed because people sometimes, they, because they don't have boundaries um, and because, you know, we don't know each other in real life because of the computer screens and whatnot. So that actually is, I will say the, the, the one caveat, if, if, if uh, I don't know if, if you guys have any insight on that sort of idea of just like, you know, a, a one-way relationships in a way. Oh, shit. Yeah. Zem, I didn't tell you. Did either of your parents grow up watching this show, Zoom? I'm scared to eat. I'm scared to say anything. I'm no, no, it's, it's, there was an old TV show. You can ask your parents if they grew up in, in Billy or on Zoom. But nonetheless, um, to answer your question. But I, I know, I, I know where Tom's going with that, though. It's, it's a celebrity status, right? That you guys share, right? You are a celebrity. Yeah, and and they're seeing what they want of you, what you're willing to put out there, right? You may be a much more open book than a celebrity where they're watching on TV and they think they know that person. Mm -hmm. But Dr. Joe was a childhood celebrity. If you look behind really? him, that's his picture on the world, uh, the uh, nationally renowned awarded 70s program, Zoom. He's Oh my Joe. goodness. I'm yeah, at the... I'm going to call my mom. See the picture now? Yeah. Look it up. That's right. PBS Kids. Um, to, to answer your but question. Do you I see mean, that similarity in your question? Kind of, yeah. It, for sure. I, I, also, I also see it in, in being a psychiatrist. Yeah. Because as, as a psychiatrist, I have the amazing privilege and opportunity of working with people in their time of need and, and learning about who they are and why they do what they do. And they get to just sort of guess about what I do. So yeah, there's, um, there's a remarkable, uh, it's, it's a remarkable opportunity and privilege to, to help people. And, uh, you know, Zim, I, I, I think, I'd like to think that that that's part of, of what you recognize and why it's so appealing. I, I, I have the rare, rare privilege of what I consider one definition of success. 
I love going to work and I love going home. You know, and right now with telly, I get to do both at the same time, which is great. Um, but it's, it's, uh, it's a remarkable thing to, to be able to help people and to have a community that, that begins to trust you, respect you, value you. So mm. it's, it's, it's pretty cool. So what's, what's next? Do you, do you pick another game or do you just stick with the same game? What, how do you? Well, I do hop around games when I speed run. Uh, there are like a few games that I tend to cycle between. Uh, but the end goal is to just start doing more stuff that can find more engagement. Um, I'm, I'm in a position now where I can, I'm, I'm, my channel is big enough that I can start moving into other things and, and uh, just kind of trust that the community that I've built can, will come along for the ride. And, you know, some will, some won't. And that's okay, but I'll still keep doing my thing as a, as a speedrunner, um, at least trying to divvy it up, maybe 50-50, maybe change the percentages around depending on how I'm feeling on any given day. Uh, but my, mm -hmm. my MO right now is to start all of my streams with speedruns because that's what people know me for. And then afterwards say, hey guys, you know, if you enjoyed this, let's go on this adventure next, you know? And uh, as far as end goals go, um, you know, I, I haven't really thought that far ahead. I'm mostly just trying to pick up some games that uh, have a wider appeal. Um, you know, there's one game called Minecraft that everyone and their mother, I'm sure you've even heard it. Like everyone has heard, heard of Minecraft. Right. Yes. Everyone's I said I was autistic, right? <laughs> um, but yeah, it's like, it's one of these games that like mass appeal games that I can use. I can leverage the, the size of my channel to kind of shoehorn my way into just doing other stuff and see what kind of other people I can pick up. And uh, as far as my goals as a streamer, it's mostly just to always keep in mind why I do it and to always keep trying to push myself to do new things. Um, mm. Because as something I've realized as a content creator, the most important thing that you can do is keep yourself from getting bored. Because if you're getting bored, everyone else is too. <laughs> So that's, uh, that's kind of uh, where I'm that's at great. right now. That's great. So I think we might have answered the second question, but the first question based on the I am approach. So the I am approach is the idea that we're always doing the best we can. Mm -hmm. If we don't like what we're doing, we can change it. But there's nobody's sick, nobody's broken, but we're influenced by four domains. Your home domain, your social domain, which is everything else, Mm -hmm. The biological domain of your brain and body, and what I call the I see domain. How do I see myself? How do I think other people see me? Mm -hmm. And these four domains interact all the time, but we respond the best we can. Because the domains inter interact, a small change in any domain can have a big effect. You don't need to change everything. Mm -hmm. So ZEM92, what mm -hmm. small change can you recommend to your viewers and ours so that they can perhaps live their life and maybe with the same joy that you seem to be doing. Um, hmm. I'm trying to think of, of the smallest one that impacts me the most, if that makes sense. Yes. Um, if, if I'm going to give a more, I'm going to have two answers for this, a, a shorter winded one and a longer winded one. I'll go for the longer winded one first. 
Um, the longer winded one is just to make sure you're, you are taking at least a little bit of time every day to do something that purely just brings you happiness. Mm. I think there's so many people who don't do that. We get so caught up in the rat race. We get so caught up in, in am I, am I being productive? At least I, I found that's the American question is, am I being productive right now? And, um, reminding yourself that it, you don't always have to be productive to, to feel successful is a good thing. You know, it, it's, if we only view ourselves based on what we can offer to a work, a workspace, then we're going to quickly lose our sense of value. Um, but I think that in the smallest, the smallest little thing that helps keep me going is to just make sure I stay hydrated. <laughs> That's a big one. I've, I've uh, stay hydrated and and eat at least some natural food. <laughs> well, you you said that so fluidly. It was great. Sorry, couldn't resist. It was. Uh, I I uh, I'm not one for puns myself very much. The ones that, the best ones I ever make are totally on accident. It's a, it's a lost art form to me, but I at least appreciate it. It's great. Yeah, the, the unconscious is powerful. The second rule of the I am, which again I think you may have answered, but worth repeating because everyone is interested in what you think or feel about them which has an effect on their biological domain because you know it feels different than you feel respected or disrespected mm -hmm. and you're part of someone's home or social domain as i said before you control no one you influence everyone mm -hmm. you get to choose the kind of influence you want to be zem 92 what kind of influence you want to be. I think I've actually thought about this a lot recently, um, especially because I, I, I kind of had a bit of an episode last month. And, um, you know, my, my mom, I, I was talking to my mom about this, you know, um, the, the person who knows me better than anyone. And she says, you were always at your happiest when you're making other people happy. Hmm. And... Totally. It, as a as a as a person and as a content creator, I mean, well, more than I mean, in, in all the things that I want to do, the 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 way the kind of person that I want to be and the kind of influence I want to have, I want to be somebody who helps inspire others to be the best versions of themselves too. Because um, I find that it's a, the the world is a whole lot better when we're when we're all actually working together. <laughs> Agree. Uh, so, yeah, I I, I I think that um, that's going to be my answer. <laughs> And you know, I, I really appreciate that. And I would just say to people, you are doing the best you can right now, but you can change in the very next second to another best you can. That's your I am. This is my current maximum potential. This is who I am. I matter. This is me. And if you don't like it, you can change it. And as a psychiatrist, I'm not talking about treating it. Treatment implies there's something broken. No one is broken. But if you want to change, here's the roadmap. Here are the four domains. What small change do you want to make in any one of them? You know? And so for me tonight, I must admit, I learned so much because I never even knew about this world that you have. It is so cool. I never knew. And so I am very grateful for you. You have lived up to what your mom has said. 
you really have, because I feel very happy having met you. I'm part of you. I, I, I logged on. I signed up for your for your Twitch. I've, I've become a Twitch person. <laughs> for me, you know, Twitch meant something very different before, like an hour and a half ago. Um, and uh, and I'm just so honored and delighted. Thank you so much for for being our guest. Oh, so appreciate it. You got me off a of now. I, I I just appreciate <laughs> you you uh you reaching out and giving me the opportunity. It's I, I love doing these sorts of things and. You know, it's, it's a, it really is a joy to be able to share this with other people and just have it be accepted for what it is and what it isn't. And, and just be able to help introduce others to, to why this sort of thing I think matters. Yeah. Yeah. I am. It matters. That's right. That's right. Guys, Tom, Mark, any other questions for our guests? Yeah. Why don't you like size matters? <laughs> we'll be here all day if, if i'm gonna answer this one all right <laughs> all right we'll come back to it yeah uh, we'll, we'll we'll come back for another hour to answer that particular question <laughs> McCoy. thank you so much folks and everybody there on, on uh, twitch thank you so much for letting us be part of your world tonight bye Enjoy guys your journey zen thank you right back at the three of you Hey, thanks for joining us today. If you enjoyed the show, be sure to subscribe on your platform of choice for a new episode each week and share this with everyone and anyone. If you have any questions or comments or have an idea for another guest, feel free to shoot me an email at mstyles at styles-law.com. That's M-S-T-I-L-E-S at styles-law.com. And if you are a real estate professional, be sure to check us out on our private exclusive Facebook page, The Real Estate School at 892 for content and Massachusetts continuing education opportunities. Be well, folks. Today's episode is sponsored by Secure Title. Secure Title helps Massachusetts real estate attorneys, real estate agents, loan professionals, buyers, and sellers with all of their title, settlement, and escrow needs. Secure Title, S-E-C-U-R-I-T-I-T-L-E.com, where security and title come together. This podcast is being provided for informational purposes only. The podcast is not a comprehensive overview of the subject and is not intended to provide legal or financial advice or an endorsement of any product or business. The views expressed by podcast guests are their own and their appearance on the podcast does not imply any endorsement of them or any entity they represent. Please seek legal, financial, or tax advice before taking any action on the matters or products discussed herein.